who's next, please? Hiya, yeah. Can um, can I get? Uh, is it wheat? I get wheat. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of those. Yeah, six inch or foot long. Uh, go go for go for the big one. Okay, okay. And what do you want on that? Okay. Um, have you got any queer trans ladies? Uh, yeah, yeah, we've got some of that, we've got some of that on. Okay, yeah, um, so I'll get the large one, two queer trans ladies, with things to talk about, uh, like, listen things, we've got any listen yeah, things? Yeah, 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 we can pop some of those on. Some watch stuff. Yeah. A bit of plaids, and then for like, oh god, for like a sauce, if I could have like the, the Silly Voices sauce, yeah, and a cookie. I, I think we can do that. Um, cheese and toasted. Toasted no cheese, please. Toasted no cheese. Okay, it's gonna be a li- it's gonna be a lot to wedge in there, but I think we can make you a queer and pleasant strangers. Awesome. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale, and I'm not Jane Eris Magnet, and welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. That podcast where two queer trans ladies have a bit of a catch-up and a giggle and get up is, is what we've been doing in the week, and we, we, we relay that to each other. And, um, and to the people. And the to the people. people. To, to, to each other and the microphone that represents the people. Hello, microphone that represents the lovely people. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> How are you doing this week, Jay? Oh, me. Uh, I'm alright. I went and got stabbed in the arm earlier. Yeah, you're hopefully going to not get ill. Hopefully not. It, yeah, hopefully we'll do the thing and prevent you from getting the ill and a- add to herd immunity. Yeah. Vaccines and immunizations are good. Mm-hmm. Especially when someone else is paying for it. Well, Ooh. that too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've had my fluid, fluid jab. Hooray! Yay! So yeah, what, what about you? You've you've been doing lots of stuff. Yeah, it's been it's been a busy old time. Um, look. Lots, lots of late nights, lots of falling asleep in the daytime. We had a very busy weekend. We, we went, we went and had a night out at the weekend. I did, and I'm still exhausted. Yeah, this is always the way it goes. We go and like, ah, we're gonna have a great time, and we do have a great time. Mm. But we arrive home at like seven a.m. from a, a night of wild adventures, and then spend several days trying to recover. Yeah, I mean it's it's usually not till sort of Wednesday or Thursday that it becomes a problem. But this week, because I had to get up early yesterday because of um like the my proposed blue jab, and then like fifteen minutes before I was due to be there, I got a phone call from them going, "Sorry, we've all our anaphylaxis medication has been recalled, so Oops. we can't give it to you today, just in case there's like a problem. Can you come in tomorrow?" I was like, "Ah, ah, uh, see, I." And then I, did, I had to get up early again today. I spent the weekend just like falling asleep every now and then for five minutes and having to go, oh, what's, what's going on? Where am I? Uh, but I'm all right now, I think. <laughs> well, the answer to that question will come up later. Yes. Uh, you were in a very strange place. I was in a very strange place that isn't helped by falling asleep. <laughs> no, it is so, not. Shall we start with what we've played this week? Because I think that's probably going to be one of the fairly light sections of the week. It is. Shockingly, that is our, our, our least busy thing, I think. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, what, what, what have you been playing this week? Stardew Valley. 
Lots of Stardew Valley. Also Stardew Valley. Yeah. And some Stardew Valley with a bit of Stardew Valley on top. I'm hoping to play some more Stardew Valley later tonight, depending yeah. how I'm feeling. You are on your first year still, I believe. No, I've just no. started year two. Ah, well, it, last... is the, it is the first of spring on year uh, two. Last I knew you were in mid, mid-winter. How, oh. how did your first year go? It was all right. It was, yeah. I, I got to the sort of the first few weeks of winter and I thought... Oh, yeah, I've got loads of cash kicking about. I've, my my mayonnaise business is going really well. <laughs> I'm selling like a grand's worth of mayo a day. I think that's that's pretty good. You know, my fishing game is super improved, and I'm I'm all ready to get going for the for the for the new year. I've got plenty of ores in. I'm ready to get some uh, some sprinklers so that I know that <laughs> next year. It's going to be a lot more easy to just yeah. do the thing. It's going to be good in that respect. And then, like, I started upgrading my equipment as well. I was like, well, I better get that done before before, before the, the new year. And I better get that done before the new year. And I went into, into the new year with about eight and a half grand, where I I'd, I'd, I'd basically had at one point somewhere in the region of about 40k. Yeah. I was like, hmm, hmm okay, I, I've dialed that back a bit. And then spring came, and I've I've gone from oh the, all these beautiful nice uh what sort of uh white crisp uh snow and ice to there's rocks everywhere that weren't there the day before, yes. and there there's shrubs everywhere that weren't there. You the have day to before. deal with winter cleanup as well as oh I better get planting things again now. Yep. And you're right back into it. You can't really prepare for that. Yeah, like you can't. Like short of having bought everything you need from the day before, uh, from from the year before, you can't really sort of prepare. You can't sort of pre-tell any of the fields. <laughs> it's just like chaos happened. There's there's only there's only so far ahead of yourself you can get in Stardew Valley. Y- yeah, especially that winter to spring leap. It, it's yes. quite a big one. Like you can you can in spring you can prep for summer, in summer you can prep for autumn, autumn you can prep for winter. Winter to spring is just no we've, we've taken the leap, get going. Yeah, it feels like having to start the whole thing again almost. Yeah. Um but I I am in ready. An okay I, way? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, I've got more money. I've got more set up. I've I've found like at least one star fruit, so yeah. I've got a little bit more um, stamina than I had. Yep. So, I've got I've also got like all of a lot of my stats yeah. up. I think my farming's uh, farming foraging. My farming's up to like level nine now you're, out of ten. So you're restarting the loop, but from a much better starting position. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think even if I don't manage to get everything sort of sorted on the, on the first day I think by day two I will certainly have everything sort of going um, yeah. and maybe I will even be able to let my, all my, my chickens that I've named after sexy potatoes oh. um, th- those are my Twitch listeners for anyone who doesn't follow my Twitch twitch.tv slash jenyek the sexy potatoes are a lovely community sexy potatoes are the nicest of communities yeah so what have you been playing uh I've playing two things. Um, one of them is I'm still playing Pokemon. I'm doing that big shiny hunt. Quite right, too. I'm still on Route 1 trying mm-hmm. to get all of my shinies, but I'm nearly done at this point <sighs> on Route 1. Um, so there's like four, I think, four primary Pokemon that I've been trying to get like as shinies plus all their evolutions mm-hmm. on Route 1. There is, uh, there is the squirrel, the fox, the sheep, and the bird. And for the bird, I now have all three steps of its evolution line. I have three shinies and I've evolved some of them up. Um, 
for the squirrel, I now have the squirrel and its evolution, the big the big sort of chubby chipmunk. Um, for the fox and the sheep, I have one shiny of each. I need to get a second shiny of each so that I can evolve them. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's two shinies left, I believe, and I will have ev- all of the Generation 8 new shinies from that route in all of their evolution forms. So, like, I'm making pretty good progress on there. Nice. Um, I've been doing some breeding to try and get a shiny score bunny. Uh, I'm like 150, 200 eggs deep. No shiny yet, but I'll uh, keep plugging away at that over time. Oh. And I'm just, I'm still very much enjoying the loop. Um, I constantly feel like if I get, if I find myself getting bored or losing focus on the shiny hunt, there's plenty of other things I can do. Like I can swap from the loops around Route 1 to doing my eggs, or maybe go do a circuit of all the raids in the wild area. There's plenty of stuff that pops up that I can sort of cycle between to keep myself engaged. So, yeah. Have you played anything else? No. Uh, the only <laughs> other thing I started playing, just because I got sent code for it and I was Ooh. really curious what the quality of the port was like, is Alien Isolation. Ooh, how that port uh, do? That Switch port is fantastic um so i wasn't i wouldn't have been like too interested to check out the port because like you know how like modern generation game ports to switch usually go it's like yeah this is totally fine and serviceable if this is your only way to play it you will probably have a fine time playing it i expect it to be a bit like uh doom 2016 occasionally you'll get a bit of slow down down or frame drop and if if you look at the two side by side you can probably go yeah i can see which of these is the uh inferior version basically okay I'd seen Digital Foundry, who are Eurogamers, like, tech analysis people for video games, who, they know their stuff. They ran the headline, Alien Isolation looks better on Switch than on PS4. Wowza. And I was like... That's quite a... Uh, that's, that's quite uh, a claim to make. Yeah. So I checked out the port, and... I mean, yeah? So... They've turned off some little visual effects here and there that honestly don't make that much of a difference. No, yeah. And a lot of the, the whatever they've done with the with the textures means that like straight edges look a lot crisper on the Switch port. It, it, you know, the 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 little concessions it's made don't really make as much of like don't make a huge negative impact. But the things they've improved in the time since the PS4 version came out make it look noticeably nicer. Wow, it's it is it is a rare Switch port where I will say this isn't just. If you don't have another console to play it on, or you want to play it on handheld, it's just no. This is just the game, and it it looks and runs just as good, which is really nice. This isn't just any Alien Isolation. <laughs> this is Nintendo Switch Alien Isolation. Yeah. So this, <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know when I'm gonna have the time to properly play through it again. But I jumped in long enough to go. This is a really nice looking port that runs really nicely and has zero performance issues and no major load times. That's really nice. If I want to replay this game at some point, which I've been thinking about it for a while, this is probably what I'll play it on, which is really nice. Um, I think that's everything we've played this week. I, th- I fear it is, It's actually. been really light on played this we've week. We've not really had a lot of time for play because we went out at the weekend. Yeah, which and we had a really busy like evening time. Yeah, we had lots of busy evenings and lazy weekends. So, uh, should we move on then? Is it time for this? It's time for this. <gasps> Come on oh, in. Oh, thank you. 
So you're here for our uh, dating service, correct? Uh, yes, I, I've I've never really done anything like this before. I don't really know what to expect. Well, that's all right. We'll we'll talk you all through it. Just uh, tell us a little uh, about yourself. Okay. Well, I'm uh, nearly forty. Um, I'm recently uh, single again. I'm uh, looking to just meet somebody sort of uh, nice and and fun that you know we can just. That have a nice time, maybe maybe get to know each other, and, and, and just someone that shares my values and views. Nah, uh, some, someone really nice and fun. I'm, I'm sure that's doable. Well, we'll just need to find out a little bit more about the sort of things you like and you don't like, mm-hmm. and we'll sort of go from there, I suppose. Awesome thing. So, in terms of your preferences, uh, sort of age? I, I don't mind. I mean, obviously, I think sort of over 21. Uh, height? I don't really mind. Uh, looks? Um, well, I mean, good, good arms. Good, strong arms that can wrap me tight and, and hold me close. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, any, any gender preferences? No, not really. Just, um, just as, as many arms as possible. Suckers, preferably with the, with the suckers. Suck, suckered arms? Mm, I, mm. I, and if they could, like... <sighs> I'd be slightly slimy as well. I mean, I'd be, I wouldn't be very into that. Um, we tend to have human people using our dating service, and I'm not aware of any of them having Don't have any, anything more eldritch, anything I, more tentacly. I, I mean, not officially on the books, but like... Yeah, you can get me the good dark cuddles. I can draw some dark pentagrams on the floor behind my desk and see what we can find. Okay, let's get chanting! Okay, okay, so we've uh, recently put out uh, feelers <laughs> about our, our latest product. Uh, you may remember we had uh, breakfast in a can, which uh, was, yes. uh, I believe there was beans, and little sausage bean burgers and, and sausages. Uh, and there's a bit of mushrooms. Some little eggy bits in uh, there. Oh, yes, yes. So thinking something more expansive to that. Um, so having gone with breakfast in a can, perhaps we could move on to maybe another meal. How about uh, dinner? Oh, uh, yes, I, I suppose. Is there a generic dinner that we could base dinner in a can on? Well, I mean, a, a popular one would be like a roast. Um, so we could have like a roast dinner in there, you know, and then uh, maybe... What's a good starter that would go with that? How about, like, some macaroni and cheese as a starter? Oh, in... Or in, a soup. In the same can? Yes, I mean, obviously all in a can. Yes. All in a can. We'll just layer it. It'll be fine. I suppose. So we get some, like, a soup starter or macaroni. We'll, we'll do some variety. Yes. And um, then we'll have, like, a, a meat, potatoes, gravy... And, uh, well, I mean, some, some, some vegetables, you know, variety of vegetables, maybe yes. some, some broccoli, some carrots, things like that. And then obviously once we get down to the bottom there, we could perhaps put in like a, maybe a jam sponge or something like and, that, or and, a chocolate gatto. And, and you don't have any fears about mm, cross-contamination. I mean, they'll all be in the same can, it'll probably be fine. But uh, we'll, we'll layer it in such a way that uh, it generally stays all sort of, sort of I, separate. I, I think you're being very ambitious. I mean, I, can we at least put the dessert at the top so that the liquid doesn't trickle down and reach the dessert? Are you concerned about the trickle-down economics of the situation? I, mm. I suppose so. Well, okay, so we'll have the, the soup on top instead of instead of the chocolate. Is that... 
No, no the, the soup, soup on the bottom. Soup at the bottom. Right, right, right. And then the, the, the chocolate gato or the jam sponge. So you're not concerned about the jam going through at all? The jam's more sort of thick and, and gloopy. I, I, I think it's less likely to soak through and I think... I think if you have soup at the top, the whole thing's just going to get drenched in soup. Okay, so for our next project, after that, we were thinking maybe next year, if this is a success, we move on to like a, just a, a day in a camp. Uh, what? So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and dessert in a yeah, can? Yeah, so like uh, some toast, uh, maybe a breakfast meat of some sort, like a, a, like a slice of Canadian bacon, like one of those. I mean, they already do round eggs, so it's perfect for a can. I suppose. And then, uh, like, some, uh, yes, there's some toast, uh, maybe some, uh, like, jam and butter in there and, and things. And then when we want to lunch, we could have, like, um, again, more toast, some beans, perhaps, like a, a beans on toast, something like that. Maybe a soup again. Do, like, a good, a good soup. Maybe, like, a, a roll of some sort, like a, a crusty bap. And then, like, move on to the dinner. Again, we could have, like, spaghetti bolognese. We put spaghetti bolognese in a can before. So, so, I have many opinions about this. Mm-hmm. I think you're onto something, because I'm pretty sure if we put all of these meals in a can, mm-hmm. we will at least get people to buy it on the basis that it's a terrible idea and they're fascinated by it and they want to buy it as an impulse purchase. So. <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Oh, we put so much in our eyes. So much in our eyes. Well, I mean, we put one show in our eyes. We put a lot of... Well, I put several shows in my eyes. Yeah, but we put one Should we, should we talk about show. the one that we've been watching together, the big one? Yeah, so after I've been sort of talking about a thing I adjacently watched recently... Yeah, you recently talked about that Twin Peaks documentary you watched. Yeah. So here's my awareness of Twin Peaks. Um, I I knew conceptually what it is about, and I have I have watched some episodes from the beginning of the show in the past. And the issue I have with Twin Peaks is I always get a little bit daunted by jumping into it solo because there's a lot of people. Isn't there's it? a lot of people, a lot of characters, and a lot of plot threads happening, and a lot of. There's a lot of stuff in Twin Peaks. A lot of mystery, a lot of like yeah. interweaving plot threads. And the the fact that like years after it finished, people were still discussing over mysteries, I was like, this is a thing that I just didn't feel up to watching by myself. So I was like, Jane, Jane's pretty confident in her Twin Peaks. I'm I'm gonna use Jane as basically my shepherd to guide me through Twin Peaks, that I can occasionally just go, Jane, can, can you put me in your pause? Can, and can tell you pause? me what just happened. And then I'll go, okay, 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 what what, what, what happened? Who, who was that? What was going on? What, what was that? Or to babble my inane theories out until they're proven what, completely inane wrong. theories? <laughs> Good theories based on the information that you are provided. Yeah, yeah. So we made it like a decent way into Twin Peaks over a weekend. Like, we watched all of season one, uh, and where? How far into season two are we? Do we know what episode number? I think number? we just watched episode thirteen from season two. Yeah, so we've we we know the mystery of what happened to Laura Palmer. Yeah, sadly. Yeah, we, so we know that. Um, we have met uh, the trans character. We have uh, Denise. Denise Bryson. Yeah, who? 
Can we just stop and say, so well handled. Like for nineteen eighty nine. For nineteen eighty nine, I I would struggle to fault this as a nineteen eighty nine. By comparison to a lot of the stuff and, and stuff, like, things that came well after there's it. There's stuff that came like decades late. There's stuff that came in the two thousands or early twenty tens that didn't do it this well. Yeah. Like it's not the best in the world. No, but, but like. You know, you could maybe quibble that's a cis man playing a trans woman, etc. Is it? Well, I mean, there's, it's never specifically said okay, yeah. how Denise identifies, apart yeah. from, call me Denise. Yeah. That is my name. Yeah. And these are these are new pronouns. Yeah. yeah. No, we haven't even had pronouns. They never mentioned pronouns. Well, that, Denise uses she, her pronouns... For 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 herself, yeah. like, but like, has never corrected anyone. Yeah, and and I suppose that could be an entirely different issue. But like the like a lot a lot of the stuff in that has been pretty good. Um, yeah. like there was a, a couple of iffy things with some of the um local police at the very beginning. Yeah, who made a couple of comments. But it's 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 never like the characters who are like you your Dale Cooper for example who is the show's bastion of like niceness and moral character and hmm. the the good person who who knows was like what they're okay doing. I'll I'll call you that if that's yeah. that is your name now I will go use that yeah. I I think he slipped once was corrected and has been yep you're absolutely right yeah no he 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 doesn't make a big deal out of when he's corrected after slipping up yep. he does the thing of just oops, sorry about that, and doesn't slip up again. Yeah. Um, I think the description given of, like, basically, hey, so this isn't a thing I planned on, but but it happened in the course of a case, and suddenly I realised I felt more comfortable, so here I am now. Yep. It's just like... If anything, I would say I think this representation of Denise is better handled than it is in Twin Peaks The Return. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like, there are some things said in that scene that just make me go, mm, it didn't need to, though, at all. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see when the return happens. We'll get yeah. there eventually, but... Um... But yeah, uh, like, uh, as I've said several times before, like, it's not the best, but for the time, I think it's really fucking I, good. It's, it's <laughs> really forward-thinking for when it was... Released yeah. like well done to to the writers and who is it Dave, David Duchovny? David Duchovny, yeah, plays uh, Agent Brayden. Um, but yeah, no, Twin Peaks is like how how to explain. I'm trying to work out how I would explain Twin Peaks right now to someone who hasn't watched it, which is uh, most most of what I knew of Twin Peaks before watching it was like surreal. Murder people mystery. Know, people know about the red room. People know yeah. about the the talking backwards stuff. Yeah, but it's it's that paired with sort of like there is a murder to solve. Whereas, at least for the first season and a half, so much more of it is, um, lightly parodying, uh, sort of like American soap dramas, eight eighties soap dramas, yes. um. That does eventually all somewhat tie into the into the mystery, but mm. it's so much more of it is like in no way supernatural and is just about the the, the people the people and the, the the drama between the people in this town. Yeah. And I I was almost caught off guard when like the supernaturally type things were happening. The sort of mis the the things like the red room and some of the stuff around the time that Laura Palmer's stuff happens. I think some of that helps it work better though. 
by grounding it in this very quote unquote normal town. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got their problems, but that's yeah. that's it, how humans be. It, it did put me in this weird position, though, where, like, as trying to sort of predict what the solution to the big Laura Palmer storyline was going to be, mm-hmm. I sat there going, like, I was trying to come up with completely non-otherworldly, non-weird, like, real-world solutions to what had happened. Yes. Um, and that's and, not unreasonable. No, and then there's this like four or five episode stretch mm, toward the start to middle of season one where it's like, oh, did that child just magically steal a handful season of two? Uh, yeah, uh, season two, sort of mid to uh, beginning to mid of season two, where it's like, did that child literally use magic to steal creamed corn off a plate? Um, creamed corn, everybody. Yeah, um, or, like, there's, there's a lot of, like, am I supposed to take this as a literal thing that has just occurred, or is this a... Is this a metaphor? Is this real? Is this a dream? Yeah, like, there's a lot of... Very early on, a character has a vision of some, someone doing a crime, and I was there like, ah, that's, that's just them filling in the blanks in their head of, you know, what, what they, what they imagine might have happened, because they're scared, and it's like... (laughs) <laughs> oh no, was was that maybe a literal vision of a real person? What? what? <laughs> it it just it throws its weird supernatural stuff at you so out of left field <laughs> after such a lengthy build up of this is just a slow building town based relationship drama. Yeah, and it, I think it's a terrible shame that they made um, David Lynch because we've been watching it with the, the Log Lady intros. Yeah, when I watched it originally, I had it on VHS and we didn't have the Log Lady intros. So for me, it's and and I think this is the first time I've watched them all, yeah, specifically with the episodes. Um, so it's been interesting, especially the one where we have the final reveal of who Laura Palmer's uh, killer is. Yeah, because that feels oh. like just David Lynch going snark, snark, snark. Yes. So, specifically. So for anyone, answers? no, you don't. For anyone who's not seen <laughs> Twin Peaks, there's this woman called the Log Lady. She walks around. She has a log. She sort of carries it a bit like a baby. And yeah, you could. There is a version of Twin Peaks you can watch where she introduces every episode, just cryptically talking at you and saying stuff that will probably leave you more confused than it will answer anything. Mm, which is how it was broadcast yeah. in the US. But yes, the the episode where like here's who killed Laura Palmer happens. The whole intro is basically, hey, hey, mysteries, mysteries are great, and then sometimes you find out the answers to mysteries, and they're not mysteries anymore, and that kind of ruins everything, huh? Wouldn't it be a shame if we had to know the answers to mysteries? Wouldn't life be better if sometimes mysteries stayed mysteries and weren't forced to come out into the open? Right. Like, it really feels like David Lynch just sat there like, I don't fucking want to have to do this, but fine. Fuck uh, the studio, fuck all of this bollocks. It's so strange. Yeah. But like, I mean I'm enjoying Twin Peaks. I'm 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 enthralled by it. I kind of just keep wanting to keep going. Well, the next bit is a bit of a slog because we have to get through Lynch is upset with the studio and has it has not directed an episode until wait and, and at this point they are shunting it all around the schedule so no one can even watch the fucking thing. So gone is the people can talk around it around the water cooler. Yeah. And I think that's been quite nice, the fact that we've sort of watched like a chunk of it and then 
maybe gone for a walk or something and yeah. had a chat. Every now and then I've just been like, okay, let's stop so I can decompress and talk through what I've seen. Because yeah. there's a lot happening. I need and a I, moment to theorise. I need, or, or just to, to, to process everything, because there's just, it's such a, a dense show in terms of stuff happening. Yeah, and, and like, and the sheer number of characters, I would be interested to know how many characters there are, like, total. I think I saw a listing somewhere that said including the return, there's something like 140 people involved. Like, named characters. I don't know if that's accurate. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fun show. We are getting into that bit of a slog now. Uh, that sort of second half of series two. Right up until the really weird shit happens right at the end of season two, and then the show gets cancelled. I I'm I have no idea what to expect out of this show, but we'll come back to you probably next week with more Twin Peaks thoughts. I suspect probably perhaps we will have finished uh, the original run. Yeah, and made it to the Ooh, return. Yeah, well, we'll watch Firewalk with me. First. Oh yes, yes. We'll Firewalk watch the me. four and a half hour cut of Firewalk. Of course with me. we will. Yeah. <laughs> I, if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, we've got to see everything. <laughs> Yeah, um, and and then I guess we can watch the return. <laughs> and if you want, you can. I I can see if I've still got the audiobook somewhere. We will we'll take it a step at a time. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what there is and what time we have. And then, if you if you care or not, we can sit down and watch a four hour documentary about it. I suspect that maybe not the instant that I finish watching it, but I feel like uh, I feel like that documentary will be required viewing at some point. Well, the thing is, like, I would treat that pretty much as a as a bookend. When you've said, yeah. I've had enough of pondering and, and wondering and, and theorising, and I'm ready to just go, mm, give, give, me, give me an answer now. Yeah. Um. So, you know, maybe if you decide you want to watch it again in a couple of years, we'll don't see. watch it. But, yeah, like, well, we'll work it out. We'll... Yeah. We'll I'm, I'm having fun having watched it going, oh my god. <laughs> well, it, it hasn't ruined the ability for you to have a rewatch. No, I've, I've actually been sort of sort of sitting there going, hmm, hmm, oh, that is that thing, and that is that thing, and it is doing the thing it mentioned, where, and we're talking about that. Hmm, <laughs> And then there was that, uh, there, there is a line that is repeated multiple times in, in the return in... In episode eight, which is the one that everyone conclusively goes, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> um, and it just randomly came up in an episode at the sort of beginning of season two, and I just burst out laughing. And you were like, "What? What happened?" I was like, "There's a, there's a whole thing." <laughs> I, I, I am intrigued to go further down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. uh, what about you? What else have you watched this week? Uh, we watched another thing together. Yeah. A very special thing together. Yeah. Steven Universe Future. Yeah, the the epilogue final season of Steven Universe had its first batch of four episodes four go episodes. up. Um, Steven Bomb. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm ready for this show to end. I have I have all my many feelings about it, but uh, yeah, how did how did you feel about this batch of of four? It's interesting. Steven's growing. It's. It's a lot of Stephen trying to work out what his place in the world is now that the world doesn't need saving. Mm. Like, we're gonna talk lightly about spoilers for Stephen Universe. Like, we won't talk about any specifics, but we'll probably talk about uh, 
general themes and topics of episodes. And if you haven't seen the movie or most of the last season, there will yeah. be spoilers. We, we, we'll talk about this sort of with the knowledge of... Com- coming into this being up to date on Steven Universe other than future. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, uh, he's tr- we're getting like little bits of closure on a lot of plot threads from the show. Things like... Jasper, what's up with you? You you got uncorrupted and then haven't really shown up since. Um, what do you do with a whole bunch of gems who now are just hanging out on Earth? What what what's their life purpose now? Mm-hmm. And um, in the crystal gems now that they don't have to fight. What what are they up to? Yeah. Um, I think my favorite of that batch of episodes may well be the the episode where people are dealing with the unbubbled rose quartzes. Mm-hmm. And everyone's suddenly having to go, oh, we have feelings we haven't processed properly that we have to deal with now. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I really respect that the show is continuing to do a thing it's been doing for a while of dismantling this sort of perfect image that they started with for for mm. for, for rose quartz for for pink i think this episode probably goes the furthest out of any so far in the show of oh yeah she was a real bad person huh mm-hmm. like they they're really pushing that line of what sort of things did she used to do yeah before before she before she was a better person what Harm did she inflict upon people? Yes, and what of Pink resides within Stephen? Yeah, that cause... is still perhaps untapped. Yeah, that there is definitely. Mm. I hope that this gets further explored in Stephen Universe future. I feel like it's gonna be a thing. Um, sometimes people inherit aspects of their parents that they don't necessarily like. Like their parents might have some negative personality traits that, you know, their kids end up with and don't like that they have, and that definitely feels like a potential plot being explored here of that is that is something that was a part of one of your parents that you sort of carry with you. Mm-hmm. And you have to work out if you can deal with it better than they did. So what else have you watched? Uh, I've watched a bunch of things. Ooh. Um... I have been finishing rewatching through Haikyuu, which Ooh. is that volleyball anime I've been watching for yeah. a bit. Um, so yeah, I I really enjoy Haikyuu. I know I've talked about this the last couple of weeks. I really like the whole um, trying to come together as people and understand each other and and uh, covering for each other's weaknesses and becoming this whole happy little lovely supportive family that just wanted to have fun doing sports together. With victory as a means to an end. I just love that as a whole conceit for a show. Um, mm. Season 3 of Haikyuu is interesting because it's much shorter than the first two seasons. And the entire season is a single volleyball match. Over ten episodes. Wowza. Yeah, it's, it is the final match of, the, of their current tournament that's basically the... This is this is the team that's expected to go to nationals. You, you, you can go and play at the national level... Mm. If you can beat this real big team. And uh, without talking about how it ends, it's a really lovely little journey. And I I, I wouldn't want this to be every season of Haikyuu. Um, I know that season four is coming soon and it's going to be very differently paced. But I wouldn't want every season of Haikyuu to be this. But it was really nice to just really slow down and 
take the time to properly explore such a sort of pivotal moment in the story. Yeah. And to give it its its proper breathing room. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that was that was something I've been rewatching uh, while making notes for for a work thing. Um, have you watched anything else? Or should I rattle off some more of mine? No, that is all me. Okay, so I've got a couple of other things. Um, on the sports anime track, I've been watching even more sports anime. I've been watching Yuri on Ice, which is uh, an ice skating anime. I've heard of that. Yeah, it's an ice skating anime that's explicitly gay. And it's it's really sweet and lovely, and it sets all my gay feelings off. But um, the, the short synopsis of what the, the basic plot is, is there is a Japanese skater who managed to make it to the world championships and basically just completely loses his nerve and um, comes in last place. He sort of embarrasses himself and he's too ashamed to go back to competitive skating. And he ends up accidentally catching the attention of his, basically his, his idol, the, the five years in a row world champion skater. Cause someone videos him practicing one of this guy's routines in his home skating rink when, you know, he's not scared and intimidated by the crowds and he pulls it off perfectly. And this skater basically shows up and goes, I'm taking a year off my professional career. I want to coach you. And it's basically just this very, very accomplished skater trying to build up the confidence of this person who, like, you're incredibly talented, but you don't believe in yourself. I see something beautiful in you. I want to I wanna nurture you to believe in yourself the way I believe in you. And it's really sweet and lovely and gay. And um, unlike something like Haikyuu or Free, some of the, the sports anime I've talked about before that tend to, like, really slow down and go, like, here's one hit of a ball and we'll do slow motion and here's what's going on in the person's head and, like, really stretch out some things longer than it would naturally take. Yuri on Ice is only, like, 12 episodes for its first season and it really has, like, a consistent uh, fast pacing to it. Mm -hmm. Basically, beyond the first couple of episodes of setup, each pair of episodes is... Okay, we're going to the next bit of qualifying for the tournament. The first episode is uh, everyone doing their short routines. The next episode is everyone doing their freestyle routines. Then we've got the sort of fallout and lead into the next episode. On it moves. Mm. It's It's got a much faster pacing. And when it comes to the actual sport being done, it's largely in real time. Um, people doing figure skating to music. But like you, you'll still get bits of intercut this is what's going on in their head to give you context because i don't know what makes good figure skating or not so like if something gets fumbled there will be an explanation of like ah that's that's what's going on and it helps me to still be able to be engaged in what's happening there's just enough like here is the emotional stuff and the rule stuff of what is happening but also just get to sit for three minutes and watch a nice figure skating routine to some really sweet music and then everyone everyone just has feelings and it's really sweet um it's it's a really lovely show it i think it's probably one of the most easily recommendable sports animes for people who may not be familiar with the genre in that it it doesn't waste any of your time and over the course of 12 pretty short episodes it it gets its whole arc out and goes like 
this is what a sports anime arc is. This this is what you can usually expect from this sort of genre. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really sweet, and I really want another season of Yuri on Ice. It's lovely. You're lovely. Oh, thank you. Mm. Uh, did I watch anything else? Um, I can't remember if this was this week, but we finished watching Living With Yourself. Oh yeah, I think that was this week. Yeah, that's that's that. Quite forgotten. (laughs) It's that Paul Rudd. uh, Too many Rudds. Too many many Paul Rudds show we were watching on Netflix last Mm -hmm. week. Um, I think the place where it ended was satisfying. Um, like that show could end there, or it could have another season, and I'd be fine with either. Mm -hmm. I think it wasn't necessarily the most surprising end point, but it. It was satisfying, I thought. Yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting story. It, it, it all blew up a little bit in my Discord the other day. Yeah. Possibly yesterday. Um, yeah. There were a few people talking about it, and and the fact that they, they felt that the Rudds were bad people. Because I mean... essentially... Well, not just because they were just awful to each other, and, and yeah. their, their wife. I don't... Uh, There's a lot of philosophy okay, around that um, You might need to discuss The wife considers only one of the Pauls yes. To be married to her Which Miles, I think, I think. Um, Miles I think Yes <laughs> yes <laughs> um, Yeah. Um, the thing was that they, they were arguing Was that um, Essentially they are complicit In um, the, 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 the The spa mass murdering people Yeah Because the, the originals are all dead Yeah but I argue that it's the transporter problem. It's yeah. the Star Trek thing about if your body is destroyed, but there is mm. a perfectly functional copy of you off somewhere else, yeah, living but, and breathing and fighting. But as we as we've seen, it's not exactly you. It's not a one to one of you. That I think that's where it differs from the transporter problem mm-hmm. is you've got both copies of the person here to go. They are demonstrably different people from the moment that the. The transport, as it were, happens. There there have been episodes where that's happened, where like a copy's been left in a pattern buffer somewhere, and there's another Riker, or yeah, I think there was another someone else as well. Yeah, but usually in those, both are the same. You don't usually get mm, no, not at all. Like major differences. Yeah, huge differences. Yeah, fair enough. Go off and become whole other people. Well, I feel like go off and become whole other people is different too. From the moment of the transporter, (laughs) they are now. Inherently very different, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I I agree with you that they are they are complicit, but also you've got to give a certain degree of lenience to how do they get that place shut down and stop that from happening to other people without outing themselves to the government and having one of the Paul Rudds end up under or, or both of them. Yeah, end up on they, a, could, they, they yeah. probably wouldn't be able to confirm. Yeah, end up on a lab table for the rest of their lives in some secret shady government basement with no trial. Right. Like, I, f- I feel like it's hard to judge them too harshly for not potentially risking themselves ending up on a lab table. Even if, you know, I get it, they are complicit in not stopping this, but... It's an in- I think it's an interesting philosophical question. It's a tough moral quandary. I don't know if I would call it mass murder, but no. then, like, I would argue that for, for the most part, these are people who are. No, I'm not going to get into that. But yeah, uh, yeah. Um, they, they... 
maybe if they knew what was going on from the outset, if there yes. was a, is it, it is perhaps a consent issue. Yes. If you knew, you're going to be dead, but we're going to replace you. Oh no, yeah, that, only... that is one hundred percent the difference between the trans uh, or the the transporter thing is people are not consenting to I will be replaced with a clone that is not me. There we go. I thought it out on yeah. the, on the spur yeah. while talking about. I it. I I think yeah. That it's not even the fact that people are are dying that's necessarily the issue. It's the fact that people are dying without the opportunity to fully understand what they're committing to and to consent to that very big moral question. Because mm-hmm. people have major major opinions on that particular question. I don't know how I feel about it. Well, it's... this is probably why the FDA uh, have a whole thing about uh, human cloning. Yeah, yeah. Humans should not be cloned without their knowledge. Yeah. That's, that's probably not good. No. Uh, anything else I've watched? Um, we wa- we saw a couple of things happen on a little stage at that night out we went to. <laughs> should we talk about the two things we saw on that, that little stage? A very heavy pre- heavily pregnant mother goose. Yeah, we saw a very heavily pregnant mother goose do a ballet dance. That then she laid an egg that was a balloon that was full of petals, and then she popped the petals and did a striptease. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I I didn't know how to process what I was seeing. It it was a it was a lot, <laughs> and and let's not forget did a striptease, but kept the 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 goose head. Oh on. yeah, of course you've got to keep the mother goose head on the the big rubbery goose Leave head. The goose head on. Yeah, it, it's like those sort of like rubber horse masks you've maybe seen at conventions, <laughs> yeah. but the goose equivalent. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we saw a lovely little puppet show. We did. Uh, about um, a man in a spaceship doing a lot of poetry on the loo roll. I... Okay. No, do you disagree? It was a man on the toilet writing something? Feelings? Thoughts? Perhaps... Uh, it said above the stage it was about a poet, so I assumed it was poetry. Okay. He was writing on the loo roll. Uh, then he accidentally gets blasted out into the vacuum of space. And Does he? I thought that's what happened to the moon. He's... The moon rescued him and brought him back to the ship. Okay, I, that was my understanding. Did you I want to talk did about not what get you? That. What did you? What did you take from it? I didn't get the moon bit at all. I also didn't realise there was anything above the stage. It was just uh, focused. There was a on piece the... of paper above the stage that said uh, 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 that it was about a a, uh, a a a moon poet and the moon who saves him. So I assumed that that's what the, was, was that happening. That would explain the, the flying bit. Yeah. <laughs> As as I understood it, he basically accidentally got blasted out of his spaceship, and then the moon rescues him and brings him back, and then he blasts off again. Yeah, and then he flies off in the ship. It was a. It and was then a we l- had a nice chat with the puppeteer. Yeah, it was a really well done bit of puppetry from like a technical standpoint. That was a really impressive marionette. <laughs> yeah, the the degree of manipulation over that puppet. There was, was a lot on it. Yeah, it was a lovely bit of puppetry. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah. love a puppet, but I've oh. never got into marionettes. Yeah, it seems like something I would just fuck up really badly. Oh, same. I would tangle that thing up in minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, right then, should we move on to this? Yeah. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you have a computer? I do. Do you, do you have a laptop? I do. How about a phone? Uh, yeah, I've got Would all those things. Would you like to keep them safe, safe, protect them, protect them I, from I, the world? I probably should do that. You probably should. How about the fact that most of those things include a certain degree of, of pre-installed, pre-existing protection? 
ah, the the my my free virus checker that that is free and I don't have to pay for. And it, yeah, it, yeah, but what if you were being constantly harassed by a series of pop ups? I mean, that is a that is a reality. Like, it's not like my antivirus isn't doing its job. It's just shouting at me while it does it. Like, what if you were upgrading? Or what if you had better antivirus? <gasps> what if you had internet protection and VPNs and uh, all sorts of other things? And there were things slowing down your computer. What if you could get rid of all of those things for a series of payments every month for each individual section but of I, this thing? I, I mean, honestly, all I really want to get rid of is that annoying pop-up that comes up. Will they get rid of that? The, the pop-up that tells me to pay money or, or it won't go away. It will get rid of that one. Well, that sounds good to me. Yeah, like, don't worry about all the other pop-ups. Uh, it's fine. Uh, and the fact that they'll probably invent other problems for you to be concerned about. How about joining McGaffey? McGaffey? McGaffey! It's the antivirus that if you give them money, they'll stop showing you all the che- uh, the pop-ups telling you that you're being a cheapskate and that your computer might... Be in danger. Might. And there might be programs slowing your computer down. Might. 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 Imagine it. McGaffey. Do you want it? I mean, I want to get rid of the pop-ups. Head on over to McGaffeyAntivirus.lol.net and you can pay an extortionate amount of money, but with 15% off using the code QNPS96, because I remembered to look up what episode we were on this week. (laughs) And you too could get... Some amount of money off an extortionate cost for McGaffey. Antivirus. Dot lol dot that. QMPS. 96. 96. Oh, look, there's a pop up. Oh. Yeah. Just to remind you about just, the thing just that I just said. Just to remind you about the sponsor. Oh, and there's one on my phone and your phone. Oh, and, and there's one in the audio file somehow. Ooh. Warning your podcast is dangerously out of date. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. 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 How's uh how's business been uh been today? Ah, uh, you know, not too bad. I just got back from that uh focus group. Oh goodness, the uh that, that bit where we, we we get ugh consumers to uh tell us what they think about our uh, our games. Yeah, I mean we call them consumers, but frankly they're just fans that we've brainwashed and just we're hoping to get a chance to see some well, of our exactly. stuff. Exactly. We're not, you know, we're not paying them like you're meant to do focus groups. But uh so what did, what did they say? We're we're doing perfect, right? Zero uh, complaints. We've never done anything wrong. I mean, that was my read, but also we did get some feedback. Let's have oh, a look. Oh, I don't here. like feedback. Yeah, let me have a look. So, uh, we've got, um, they want us to make single-player experiences without microtransactions and to treat our employees fairly and pay them properly. That doesn't sound right to me. Why would no. we do any of that? No. What, so I'm none thinking, of that is profitable. No, no. So what I'm thinking is we get another focus group in next week, and you know, we just keep getting them in until we hear what we want to hear. Uh, but also, you know, we, we can you know, look over the data of what we've done so far. I mean, we are hugely profitable. Yeah, yeah. So I figure that we don't do those things. Yeah, we, you they're... Know, they're Focus groups are, a, are an impression. They're a, they're a, a snapshot of what someone might think, but uh, yeah, and that the was money just like, doesn't lie exactly. And that was like fifty to a hundred people that we had in, you know. So yeah, I mean, that, that, also like that was like twenty minutes ago. 
the market may have changed by now. Exactly, and we have to consider the market. Yeah, you we know, gotta it's consider not the fair, market. You know, that we only consider the choices of, uh, you know, 150 to 200 people. Yeah, when the market is buying our stuff, and really, the market is the truest focus test of all. Exactly. I mean, we shift millions of units every year. Yeah, so that's millions of people saying, we're doing it right and that we shouldn't change a thing, and if anything, we should lean heavier into what we're doing. Indeed. So, I mean, we're just going to completely ignore everything. We're going to keep making the microtransaction-filled uh, multiplayer games, uh, keep up the working conditions as they are, because I don't see any problems, and frankly, our employees don't ever complain. <laughs> At least not for very long, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh, I saw that great bit in that uh, Dark Crystal about sewing mouth shut. I uh, really think it could catch on here. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? Or our collective ears? Uh, well, we, as we said, went for a night out and we heard quite a lot of music. There was a lot of live music happening. A lot so. of live music. Should I mean, we... there was other music playing too, but I yeah. spent a lot of time just listening to the live stuff. Honestly, yeah. I I was I was digging the live music. There so... was so much Balkan beats that yeah. night. Yeah. Where do we want to start on the band? Should we start with the we'll one that we have Volcano, to... Volcano, who was on first. Oh, yeah. Volca- volcanoes. We've seen Volcanoes play before. Have. How would you describe their... Um, it's it's Balkan beats, uh, mm. lots of very angry political music, um, with like that really good, yeah, like bouncy pogoing, high stepping. Yeah. They they definitely music. have some politically angry stuff because there's one song of theirs that they've played both times we've seen them. That's uh, like I don't want to, don't want to, I don't want to work, uh, go to my job no more. I don't want to have my terrible job under the Tories no more, etc. Yep. Um, I don't want to be so fucking poor, like. Yep. Some good angry Balkan beats. Mm-hmm. Um, I maintain that their bassist looks like he's trying to. Not only does he look like he's trying to fuck the bass, he looks like he's a sneaky gremlin in the background. Like, <laughs> nobody has seen me nobody, fucking the bass. Nobody's noticed that I'm fucking my bass. <laughs> <laughs> we did notice. I considered offering them some lube for their face. <laughs> Whereas, like, the saxophonist looked like he wanted to fuck his saxophone, but he at least was like up front and you know he wasn't hiding. <laughs> And then we had the uh, the trumpeter and the trombonist, um, yeah. the accordion player who was singing, and the amazing violinist. Yes, uh, and their 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 person front and center in the band. Who every time I see him, I think he looks like um, what's that actor's name who plays uh, Professor X in the X the modern X Men movies? Uh, yeah, James James McAvoy. Yep. He looks he looks like James McAvoy. <laughs> and I think that every time I see him, I'm like, that's James McAvoy in a onesie. Which <laughs> is a very un- odd feeling to have. James yeah, just imagine James McAvoy in a onesie. In, in like a like a sort of like white teddy bear onesie. Yeah. Uh, playing a trumpet, uh, dancing around like a loon. Yeah. And, um, yeah. That's that's a pretty good approximation of volcanoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or at least they're from Trumpeter. Yeah, it's it's a good band to have a good skank to to sort of like. Uh, I like a good uh, a good brass have a good section. foot stamp. Yes, there's a lot of like uh, lots of high stepping. Oh thing. yeah, lots of sort of um, yeah. Have have your big high steps. Uh, we also saw another band that we should probably preface their name. Do you want to? They're named after a place. They're named after a place. But uh, that place also contains a slur. Yeah. So the band's name is Gypsy Hill. Yes. So. 
we're aware of the commentations of, of that Which is term. a place in London. It's, it's a place in London. It is. But they do play Balkan music. So. Indeed. So, it, 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 yeah, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, they were another they were another very similar sort of, like, Balkan-based band. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some, like... There was definitely some Scar influences in mm-hmm. there. There was a little bit of, like, surfer music stuff yes. going on in places. Yes, um, they, they uh, played Misery Low. Yeah. So you know it's a bit of surfer rock, surfer rock when yeah. Misery Loon turns up. It's it's a, it was a really interesting mix of like guitars, brass instruments, mm-hmm. and like a live scratch DJ. Yes. Um, the DJ's really good. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, the, the the whole band was really good. Yeah. They have they have an incredibly talented, like precise sound. Yes. Like they. They must have practiced those tracks so much they they were not missing a fucking beat. I think they tour a lot. Yeah, like there there are certain bands that like they play live and it's like this could be this could be a recording the precision with which you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um like it, it was just impressive to see them play. Yeah. Um yeah, they were they were really fun. They were really fun. They were really fun. They had a slightly the, the the guys up the front of the stage had a slightly intimidating aura. Like I wouldn't want to mess with that band. <laughs> like I I would I would be a little if if all three of them started like ap- approaching me as stern faced as they were on stage in a dark alley, I might feel a bit unsettled. Aww. I was just a bit like, oh oh oh, you all you all seem so stern, stern, so stern. And then we went and saw Skeleton Crew. Yeah, Skeleton Crew, who were the people who sort of played out the end of the night, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, it, 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 again, it was sort of Balkan Beats, very... It was a bit more chill, but they, yeah. they were, there was a little bit of we're trying to wear you out because it's the end of the night. Yeah, they, they were going between, like, here's a little bit of, like, classical music. We did a it, lot of waltzing in that Yeah, one. You, you, it would sort of go back and forth between waltzing and then, like, here's something that's got a good, good stampy beat. <laughs> Okay, now we'll let you rest. We'll do some waltzy stuff. Ah, time to dance and dance and dance and dance again. Mm-hmm. It was definitely you're gonna leave at six a.m. <laughs> feeling a bit ready for bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we were in oh, fact we were indeed. <laughs> Gosh, it was it was good to get into bed. It sure was. There's there's very few things that are as pleasant as getting home from a full like an all night night out and getting back into bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to mention from that night out? Not from that night out. Um, I have listened to uh, one other thing. Yeah? I listened to... Um, there's a new Father Funk single. Ooh! Um, called uh, Fluty Loops. Flute or Flute Loops. Flute Loops. Yeah. Tell me about Flute Loops. It's um, mm, uh, it's sort of good squelchy modern funk, that really squelchy electro sound, mm. um, but with just like that, uh, like the really chilly drab, um, uh, trilly like jazz flute. That yeah. <laughs> Those sort of trilled notes. Um, yeah, it's really good. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, I do like a bit of Father Funk. Father Funk's pretty good. It's only about 25. <laughs> oh, heck. Amazing music producers. Uh, I listened to one more thing. Uh, now that the year is over, uh, and the decade is over, Spotify did their thing that they do every year where they go, here's, here's a wrap-up of what you've been listening to this year, but also, here's what you've been listening to this decade. So, um... 
I've basically been going back and looking over my, my music tastes over the year. So, unsurprisingly... There's um, a lot of MCR there. Yeah. So, the summer... And like You can track my year pretty well by what I was listening to. The summer was Laura Jane Grace and the Devouring Mothers. Because we were going to go see them. And Jessa, which we'll get there in a second. I believe my top ten most listened to tracks this year were a 50-50 split between... Dessa and My Chemical Romance. <laughs> um, I think there's one other artist who got one track in there this year. Yay, but um, well done. So yeah, your honourable mention. <laughs> Laura Jane Grace and Dessa were my summer. Like honestly, Dessa's album Chime is like by far my favourite album of this year, and the one that I keep recommending. Like everyone, go listen to it. It's really fucking creatively put together with really good sort of angry feminist themes to it. It's it's a heck of an album. Uh in the fall, lots and lots of Miracle of Sound. I think I mean, that was... Some of that was me. I was going to say, Miracle of Sound this year made it to my fourth most listened to artist on Spotify. And I don't listen to Miracle of Sound on Spotify very often. I tend to do YouTube. I'm pretty sure your art streams got him up to my fourth listened, uh, yes. most listened artist of I, the year. I, I have been using Miracle of Sound as background music for my streams. Because yeah. Gav said we could, um, and it's it's good when I'm I'm doing draws. Oh, indeed. So, yeah, my winter was My Chemical Romance, and My Chemical Romance was my artist of the year overall. Understandable uh, excitement. Like I listened that. to at least 20 hours of My Chemical Romance, uh, just the stuff that's on Spotify while I was online, mm -hmm. not counting offline listening. Mm -hmm. And I wonder why that was, particularly in the winter, why I mm. suddenly was listening to a bunch of My Chemical Romance, mm -hmm. huh? <laughs> May mayhaps it has something to do with a show happening this month, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um But yeah, my my big artist this year, My Chemical Romance, Dessa was in number two, Laura Jane Grace number three, um, Miracle of Sound made it to number four, Yay. uh, which I think was largely you. <laughs> and then Daniel Olson, who is the I believe the musician who did all the soundtrack for um uh, what's that that music themed video game that I really enjoyed uh, a couple of months ago? Uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Sayonara Wild Hearts. I'm pretty sure the Sayonara Wild Hearts soundtrack was good enough that it made it on my top five most listened artists of uh, of the year, even though it only came out in like October. Jinkies. So, yeah, that's that that made an impression on my year. I was listening to it a lot, like in the background while working, which I think uh, helped. Uh, I think there's a couple of other bits that were notable. Apparently, my genres of choice were folk punk. Nice. Uh, there, was, there was some pop in there. Emo. Cat step, which I have no idea what that is as a genre. I need to Google that. What is cat step? Um, it's a particularly aggressive filth step variation. Uh, apparently, that's a thing I listened to a lot. This year, um, I I don't know what songs fall into that genre, and anti-viral pop, so like pop music that's not designed to be radio friendly, I guess. Ah. Um. So I need to I need to research those last two genres because I didn't know there were things. Um. Yeah, you're killing me by Remo Drive is the only track that made it my most played of the year that wasn't My Chemical Romance or Dessa, which. You know, that says everything about what my year was, basically. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think that's about it. Mm -hmm. So then, time for this. Mm. 
My goodness, look, would you look at this? The, the telescope's lighting up. We're getting some sort of signal. Goodness, have all of our years looking at the stars finally paid off? I think we're, I think <gasps> we're making first contact. <gasps> my goodness, my goodness. Oh, well, the thing, it's, it's oh, flashing. Oh, pick it up, there, pick there, it up. There we go. <gasps> hello? Uh, hello, uh, it, it's an honour to hear from you. We are the Chaslaw. We are the humans. Um, we're wondering, we're a parasitic life form. Okay, you're a parasite, a parasite yes. We understand that you are all suffering under the yoke of capitalism. Um, I mean, yes, capitalism is currently a bit of a blight on human society. How would you like to accept a parasitic life form into your lives? I mean... What 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 are the pros and cons that we're gonna have if we accept a parasitic life form? Well, we would burrow into your brains and slowly destroy you. But they would be completely pointless, and you would have a full, satisfying life and a sort of sense of euphoria. So what you're saying is, is that I can slowly, slowly be destroyed while feeling euphoric. And not have to deal with the overwhelming dread that is capitalism from day to day. Someone else will deal with all of that for me and I just get to feel happy and coast through life on autopilot? But if you want, you can explore the stars with us. I mean, do I have any degree of autonomy left or, uh... That will slowly decay, but you won't even notice. How about this? If the Tories stay in and Trump gets back in, I'll... Can I call you back and take you up on this? Sure, sure, take some time to think about it. We don't want to pressure you on it. Yeah, no. Consent is important. If if things get much worse on this planet, I think I would probably uh, willingly take the option to just feel euphoric and get the hell away from this planet. I mean, I'll take Brain Parasite now if if, if it's... Is it always an all or nothing thing? I mean, I'll take some of you if you want, but it was a gift to all of humanity, so sort of put the word out if that's okay. I, I'll let people, I think there'll be some people who'll get back to you. I'll, I'll, I'm crossing my fingers for the Tories to get knocked out, but we'll, uh, sure, we'll, sure. we'll see how, how next week goes. Thanks, well, thanks for listening, but I'll from you next week. Hello, it is time to tell you the story. The story of Unicorn Dance Party. Yay! Twas the bleak winter. It was cold and capitalism was settling in. Boo. Insisting many people buy things for each other. Yeah, no, boo. It was cold, there was snow on the ground. People were miserable and sad and the days were short and dark. The spirit of winter refused to move. He stood in the centre of the forest, loudly proclaiming that each person should buy multiple gifts until they had no money for food, no money to pay their rent, and that their landlords could then kick them out into the street. (coughs) It was a terrifying time, but then the spirit of the woods came out majestically. Its glistening mane, its shining, sparkling horn, it was a being of pure beauty. It did little rainbow fart that fell into the snow as gumdrops. 
and wherever it stepped, flowers grew up from the hoof prints in the snow. And so the unicorn, majestic as it was, approached the spirit of winter. The spirit of winter was having none of this. It wanted to know why the unicorn was still so beautiful and so filled with joy and life. As the unicorn got closer and closer, it simply stared down the spirit of winter. It was having none of his bullshit. And then in an instant, it turned on its front hooves kicked swiftly back into the spirit of winter's testicles, and it went flying off. When the spirit of winter finally stood again, wheezing, panting, and about three octaves higher, they staggered off into the darkness. And as it left, the days started to become brighter. The snow started to thaw. The days became longer, and people rejoiced for the coming spring the beauty of the flowers returning, and so the unicorn declared it shall be a party for all. All shall dance and celebrate in their own way. Each shall find joy and camaraderie in each other. No longer shall people be forced to spend so much money they cannot afford, but instead they shall give gifts of love and cuddles, but consensually. And so it was, the unicorn had the best party. And so, whenever it is cold and dark and a little sad outside, we remember by dressing as unicorns and dancing like loons. Question time, stop questions. What's the question? Uh, so tricky. Uh, we'd like to say, uh, Lichdom lies within your grasp. What object will become your phylactery, and where will you hide it? Okay, so this is the thing that keeps me, like, alive and on this planet, right? What's, what's the thing what my soul is it's used to store the in. souls and life force of liches. Okay, um... Do you know what you would keep your soul in? Um, a safe place, because then I would never find it again, and it'd be absolutely fine and safe, and no one would ever know where it was. See, for you, I'd be like, something that you know where it, where it is if you need it, like, your poi or something. I could lose poi, or just decide to give them away at some point. I suppose so. Uh, where, where, would, where would I keep my soul? So the, the, the point is that, like, you've got to protect it, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think maybe you put it, like... In your office somewhere, maybe like on the bed, and then at some point things will be piled on it and moved off of it and piled on it and moved off of it, and then maybe you'll go to a convention and yeah. like you'll lay all the things out on top of it. Maybe it'll get moved. Maybe someone will come and visit and you'll do a bit of a tidy up and it'll get put to one side, and then you'll just completely lose track of it. It'll be lost forever. For be lost all forever. Eternity. But no one will be able to do any harm to it. I absolutely so. fine. Yeah, I feel like the, the key to something like that is put it like under a floorboard or something, or bury it at the bottom of the ocean, or like put it somewhere where it is immune to any everything. Um, yeah, brick it inside a wall. Yeah, <laughs> put it in the boot of that Tesla that's rotating the Earth. <laughs> Uh, but what w- what would it be? I, what, I, what would be your phylactery? I really don't know. Um, hmm. 
I, I don't have a good answer for this. I'm sorry. Ah, uh, Nintendo GameCube. Those things are completely indestructible. There we go. We're both putting our souls in GameCube. <laughs> And then putting them somewhere safe. Oh no, a Nokia 3210. Ooh, 3210. 3210, sorry, yeah. Nokia 3210. Mm, although, Game Boy, they can restart... Re- yeah, uh, yeah. Ori- original classic Game Boy. You know, there's that one that yeah. survived a bomb, so... Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like Nintendo or Nokia products have to be where you keep your soul if, if it's not going to be in you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Callum Turner. Hi. Uh, is there a piece of media that you 100% flip flopped on that you were so loving it and then bam, you really disliked it? Or the other way around? Hmm. A dead end to the question. Um, this does not specifically have to be uh, because an individual involved turned out to be a shithead. Oh. That's usually the reason. Isn't it? Usually it's, oh, I really like, oh, you're a, you're a shitbag. I can't like this anymore. Um, I don't know about loved, but there's certainly things where, as a kid, I, I sort of enjoyed, and then as I grew up, I understood them better, and went, yeah. eh, not so much. Uh, I know one for me that I I hated the first multiple times I tried it and then ended up loving, mm-hmm. uh, the original Mass Effect. Oh. Mass Effect is one of my favourite series, like, trilogies of games, that, that trilogy. The first Mass Effect game, the first, like, three-hour sequence, I tried it maybe, like, five times and just couldn't get into it. Mm. That's one that, like, I had to get over the hurdle and start, like, going off into space and making new space friends before it really clicked. Mm. I was like, this is just a first-person, third-person shooter, but in space. And I was like, yeah, but the friends I'm making along the way, though. It's true. Yeah. I think I think that's my answer. That's a good answer. Um, the only one I can think of that I really, really loved for a long time and now completely hate uh, would be Rocky Horror. Yeah. Like, when I was four, I watched it almost constantly. Mm. But, like, I got older, I grew out of it. I mean, like, if you looked at me between the ages of, like, four and maybe 16... Like, most of the albums I owned were variants of Rocky Horror. Some in other languages, live performances, uh, different cast performances. Yeah. Like, I had most things. I had books, I had songbooks, I had lyric sheets, I had, like, sheet music. I had a lot of things. I went to see it live a lot. But then, like, I grew out of it. Like, I wasn't interested anymore. Maybe... You know, in, in that many years, i just worn it out. But then, like, actually coming out as trans yeah. and not needing an excuse to go out um, dressed as I choose. Um, and then, obviously, all the shit with Richard O'Brien and, and just thinking about the lyrics a bit more. Yeah. Just like, mm, no, no, I really don't. I really don't like it. It's fine if other people want to, I guess... But please don't give any money to Richard O'Brien. Um, oh, yeah. No. And, uh, yeah, like... Yeah, I think that is my big flip-flop. And it's not just because of, of hating an individual person, I think. That doesn't help, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carpe Vita 1 uh, asks, If you had infinite financial resources, what would be your ideal queer and pleasant way to spend the holiday season? Oh, ideal... Uh, at infinite time and money and resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. I would uh, get a jet-powered sleigh <laughs> with a unicorn pa- pulled full pulled by animatronic unicorns, 
and I would fly around the world giving out checks to pay for uh, people to have all their trans surgeries. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good way to spend the day. <laughs> right. Why stop at trans surgeries? Just, just give it, we'll throw out checks to all the homeless people as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, just everyone in need. Yeah. We, we yeah. will, we will, we will do the Santa thing, but actual money for people who need it. Mm, that's great. And then I will hurl rocks at billionaires. Yes. That'll be it. <laughs> do the billionaires get coal for UDP? No, 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 not quite. I literally hurl rocks at their heads. Yes. <laughs> and then we'll go home and, and chill out in a, in a jacuzzi that we now have. I, I mean, I've never been in a jacuzzi, but sure, sure, or uh, or, or uh, I don't know, a, a ball a, a ball pit that's tall enough that we can be sort of <gasps> neck high in in ball pit. Wow, balls. that sounds interesting. I, I wouldn't mind trying that. Yeah. I can't think about hot tubs without remembering the phrase "nasty sex pond" because <laughs> 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 someone mentioned it like a few years ago to me, and I'm like, oh god, I cannot unhear that now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go. We'll get in the nasty sex pond. <laughs> Crimson slash vote Labour. Good call. Don't forget to vote Labour two days before this episode comes out. <laughs> Three days. Three days before this episode comes out. Uh, if you could have any Pokemon as a pet, what would it be? Oh, a Mimikyu, because it just needs to be loved. It does just need to be loved. It does need to be loved. Bulba friend, because Bulba is best baby. Uh, Charmander, because it has been abandoned and it needs to be loved. Do you think it's responsible to keep a Charmander in the UK? It rains a lot. Oh, you keep it indoors. It's like a house cat. Is it fair and reasonable to keep a Charmander in in, in the house? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> if it starts to rain, I will put it back in its Pokeball. Like, it's not like, oh no, it's raining. There is zero situation for how to protect this Charmander. It's going <laughs> to die now. I have a built-in way to get it somewhere safe and dry. <laughs> uh, Bethany Turner, uh, do you have a favourite song ever? And if so, what is it? Oh, de- depends on when you ask me, is the problem with this. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I-, I-, I think there are two that come to mind, depending on what sort of mood I'm in. There's Fast Car by Tracy Chapman that's always been like one that I've really loved. Yeah. Or uh, The Jet Set Life is Gonna Kill Ya by My Chemical Romance. Ooh. Is is just... Uh, they're two very different tracks that, depending on the day, I might say either of them. Except there's now a bunch of other tracks I want to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm no good at picking yeah, let's up have a Let's song. have a list. Let's have a list of some of your top ones. Uh, some, some of my top ones. Uh... Fast Car by Tracy Chapman, My Chemical Romance, there's a handful of stuff I would throw out there. The the Jet Set Life, maybe uh, ooh, Fake Your Death, um, Na Na Na, I really love. Um, other than that, I'd maybe put something something by Dessa, something like um, Fire Drills, um, maybe Five Out of Six have been real big ones I've loved recently. Uh, something by... Nowhere, uh, maybe something like Creative Drug by Nowhere, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Goodness, these these are these are the ones that are jumping to mind. What about what about you? It's, oh god, this is really tough. And uh, the only two that are immediately leaping to mind are uh, Celebrate and Rejoice mm-hmm. by Gav and Jet Black Dress. Yeah, because they're both like really upbeat, banging tunes. Yeah, they're both real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the only two I can I that are coming to my mind immediately that I've listened to listened to recently enough that I could continue to uh, 
to justify my yeah. support, therefore. It gets harder. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Um, I might I might throw in there Gerard Way get get the gang together. Because that is the track what I got pulled up on stage to play tambourine with him to, and that has really good positive associations. Mm-hmm. Hi Job asks what is the best Christmas pro- uh, memory you ever have? Probably the Christmas that I was given a CD player that had a built-in very tiny black and white telly. Oh, wow. Uh, it was only like, you know, three inches by three inches, yeah, four by still. three. Tiny little black and white telly that you could, you could tune into the terrestrial channels with a long aerial that pulled out of it. But it had... Composite cable things in the back, so you could mm-hmm. do your red, yellow, white cables in the back. And I remember this is the first time I had a TV of my own, and I would sit and play GameCube games in black and white, fuzzy, like barely tuned in, tiny screen, you could barely see what was happening, but I could play my video games in my own room so I wasn't disturbing anyone else. Yay! And that was, that was a revelatory moment of. I can play video games and no one's going to shout at me because they want the TV for something else and I'm getting oh. in the way. And that sort of meant, like, I could do my hobby whenever I wanted and not, not be an inconvenience. Mm. And for a lonely kid, that was that was a real moment. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I have no good Christmas memories. I suspected that might be the answer. Do you have any favourite UDP memories you'd like to share? Um, the... Well, I mean, not even the UDP. This was probably pre-UDP. Um, I had a... We aren't celebrating, we don't celebrate, but there's a bunch of us, do you want to have dinner together? Uh, Day. Yeah. Um, with uh, our, our friends from, from nearby. Uh, a few years ago, I think there was... Oh, God, I think by the, by the end of the day, I think there was about 15 of us. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a lovely dinner, including ch- chili garlic sprouts, which yeah. were amazing. And then slowly got more and more drunk and played <laughs> board games throughout the day. Yeah, uh, it was really nice. To, it was the, like the first time. Um, yeah, I think it was the first time like I'd had a a, a group of people doing supportive all together thing. Yeah. So, um. So that was nice. Yeah. Do you mind if I share? Uh, a story in that sort of vein. There was a there was a year where my family were all away at that time of year, and it was probably a first time that had been a thing for me. And I was feeling quite alone at that that you know time of year. I I was not with family, and um, similarly, I went and did a go be with some really nice friends. Um, and just sort of spend the day together having a nice time and being all supportive and having a good meal together and doing a friend's festive, not, not explicitly Christmas, but happened on that day thing. And that was, that was really lovely and meant a lot to me. So, yeah. Also, we have really good UDP parties now. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We're starting our own traditions with Lego and presents and (laughs) hugs and nudity. Yeah. Unicorns. And the uh, lack of sobriety. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Caladry, we'd like to know, uh, when was the last time you stayed awake for several days at once? Uh, several days? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Gosh, it's been a while. Yeah. The the one that jumps to mind was uh, when I had to review Nino Cooney when it first released, and I, I 
Stayed awake for about 40 hours playing through that game without stopping and then wrote my review before I fell asleep. Wowza. That was that was a good uh that was a good couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um I've done I've done the stay awake all day then a whole night then the whole next day. Like I've done two days. Yeah, a few times. Yeah, like I'm I'm thinking probably nights when I've gone out to raves that sort yeah. of thing. I've I've had ones where I've gone multiple days with barely any sleep with like little bits here and there but not much. I've okay. done like probably when I I went and saw like three three of Jared Way's tour dates back to back where I basically camped out the night before did the show went straight from that venue to the next venue tried to sleep outside that venue next show traveled on to next venue where like I was getting a few fragmented hours of sleep outside buildings hmm. a few nights but that was about it. I think the last time I deliberately stayed up for multiple days was um, I was having a bit of a flap about being unemployed. Yeah. Been, I think I'd been out of work about nine months at this point, and the job centre were like, are you really trying? Oh, that. Um, we're going to send you on... A, uh, this was when they were talking about first sending me on the, uh, I think, the, like the two-week job hunting course. Yeah. Because apparently I was incapable. Um, before being sent on the 13-week one, like, several weeks later. Ah. Um, I stayed up, I think, for, like, two and a half days. I stayed sat in the same chair in pretty much the same position and applied for about 120 jobs. Yeah. Um, most of them I wasn't qualified for, but, you know, I wasn't going to take the, you know, people say, you know, just yeah. be 80% qualified for a thing. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm willing. Surely that's enough I, to start. I have had over the years a couple of times where I've not slept for a couple of days because obsession brain mm. doing bad thing. But that that was less deliberate and more, no, can't, can't, can't stop. Brain obsessing. Yeah, I think this was a bit obsessive. Um, and then I got sciatica because I barely moved for three days. Just no. sat in this chair. Um, I could barely stand Babe. for weeks. I've got better. I got I'm, better. I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arachnovolt asks, what's the most, most unnecessarily difficult thing you've ever done? Does solving the X2 count? Uh, I think that totally <laughs> counts. Uh, you've described the X2 on here before, haven't you? Yes, I have. A, a Rubik's Cube that is shaped like a three-dimensional letter X. Yeah, it's like... Um, if you imagine like a 3 by 3 by 3 cube... Yeah. And then make that like 3 by 3 by 7 And then it's an X instead of a straight line. Yeah, like four of the faces you extrude out by two extra yep. cubes... And it, it's, it's a, a lot. It's a terrifying shape shifting nightmare. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> but I, but I've come to enjoy it. Uh, most needlessly complicated thing I've ever done. Uh, needless, shiny hunting. Necessarily difficult. Yeah, probably shiny <laughs> hunting. Uh, I'm up to like eighteen shinies in sword now. Yeah, but I think like the four hundred uh, hours you put into yeah. To- I'm, I'm coming up on 200 hours in Sword already. Wow, was a McJinkies. Like, granted, a lot of that has been the game just running on my desk while I'm doing other work. Yeah. And, like, I'm sort of just, oh, I encountered, every now and then I'll look down, oh, I encountered something, I guess I'll... Have that fight. Have that fight. It's probably not all been proactive, but my in-game clock says 200 hours, nearly. <laughs> mm. Um, 
Uh, Becky Two Hill. Hi, Becky. Hi. Uh, what are your nostalgia foods that taste like happy memories? Oh, uh, nostalgic foods. Um, Caramac, the terrible sort of like, oh, wow. um, sort of like caramelish flavored, not chocolate, but it sort of looks like it's supposed to be a chocolate bar, but it tastes of just like overly sugary caramel. Mm-hmm. That makes me really nostalgic because it reminds me of being a teenager. Being a skate guard at a roller disco, uh, where my mum used to get me something for the vending machine at the end of the night after I finished skate guarding before taking me home, and I would always get a Caramac. And that just that just brings me back to being like fourteen and skating around, like basically shouting at children not to punch each other on the on the skate circle. Mm-hmm. Be, be, basically, being the skating police. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no! But you not a cab? No, no. It's purely Skate going up. like, hey, don't fucking punch people. That's not nice. Don't be a twat. Hey, hey, don't skate so fast that you knock over the small children. That's just that's a dick move. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Got any nostalgic? I now love the. Uh, oh, I want to see Skate Cop anime. I mean, just like the skate, the like the skate guard standing at the like. In the middle or at the side yeah. of, of the, the, the roller rink. And then just like all this internal monologue about like the mean the mean rink. <laughs> I I reckon that'd be a thing that could exist. <laughs> I'd watch the shit out of that show. Uh Lucy, uh, would like to know, uh, what is your favourite tactile sensation? Oh I've got so many there are so many good tactile sensations. Have you got have you got a particular one for this? I like stroking my cuties. Oh heck! Um, I like the particular sort of soft that 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 kind of. I've got a ultra soft stuff. I've got an ultra soft, ultra soft little blue Is that bear. The I got you. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's ultra soft. He's so soft. He's so soft, soft. He's he's um, very good, soft, soft. Butts, butts, butts are a good tactile sensation. Um, Grabbing a butt is a good tactile sensation. Indeed, consensually grabbing a butt. Um, um, so I suppose like that's not necessarily like touch textures. It's like touch based feelings. Um, s- just walking barefoot on nice soft grass on a really sunny day, Ooh. or similarly stepping on like good temperature sand, like soft sand. Mm. Just like good, good f- underfoot textures are un- underappreciated. Walking well, on, a, I think most people spend surface. so much time with shoes on. <laughs> yeah. That you don't really get to appreciate oh, not just, carpet just feeling. Sort of twiddling your toes in the in the grass is a really nice feeling. Yeah. Shit, I had one now, I've lost it. Uh, I've got one. Getting back into bed after a rave. Oh god. Uh, <sighs> just nothing nothing feels more tactile, uh just so pleasurable. To just rest just, your body in that just like Rest your body and like <sighs> The softness of the bed feeling a bit heightened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, another rave-based one. Um, sweaty back. Oh. I love <laughs> I love massa- massaging a really hot, sweaty back. I know a lot of people are going to be like, "Ew," but like, it's, it's oh, nice. <laughs> getting into the ball pit at the rave. We we go to a rave with the ball pit, and it's real good. It's. That ball pit's a real good texture sensation at that time of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basin asks, uh, is Unicorn Dance Party on the 21st or the 25th of December? 
It's not on any day. It's whenever you want it to be. It's whenever you feel like dressing up as a unicorn and dancing around like a loon. I think many people celebrate it on, say, the 25th, for example, or, you know, they, they might pick a day that another celebration is happening and go, I'm going to celebrate UDP on. We very often celebrate day. it on uni- New Year's. Yeah, well, this is it. Like, there's not only one date that we do UDP. We'll often do multiple UDPs during yeah. the UDP season. I generally consider UDP to be like all of December. Yeah. Which is why when um, Becky was like, when, when, when open present, I was like, well, it's UDP now, so pretty much any time you want now. Yeah. Well, like, we, you know, we went we went to this rave recently, yeah. and I think that was that was the start of our UDP. I dressed as a unicorn, I danced like a loon. I, I, had, like I, I had a unicorn hoodie on, I also yeah. danced like a loon. Yeah. We'll probably do something on the 25th. We might do something on the 31st. Yeah, the, re- the reason those days particularly are those are, are our days off. So. Yeah, exactly. It's days we have off and it saves us sitting around going, everyone else is doing something today. Yeah. I mean, we can still have a big dinner. Well, that's <laughs> it. Uh, Hayley Snaily, I have a question. No, several questions. What are your favourite pictures of yourselves and why? Oh, my favourite selfie of the last couple of years is that one that I took in the green room of the BBC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the one that's on my Wikipedia page um, that I took just before going on, I think it was the Victoria Derbyshire programme to talk about Doki Doki Literature Club. I think it was that time that I was on the telly. Is that the one where, you, where you've had your hair done a bit and you look a little bit stunned? Uh, oh, it's currently not on there. Uh, oh, that's because they... Okay. Um, They've edited it again. They've edited it again. Um, it's the one where my hair's looking particularly blue and I've got a little bit of a purple lanyard around my neck. Um, I'm wearing the black dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that is like, that's probably the most I've liked my appearance in a picture in a long time. Uh, mine would probably be uh, one that flashed up on, on my Facebook the other day. Uh, it was just after surgery, so I, I'd lost quite a lot of weight before that. Mm-hmm. Um... And I was wearing this suggestion of a top. <laughs> you know, the red one? Yeah, yeah. It, it, I owned that top for like two months before I worked out how it was supposed to be put on. <laughs> it took me until I went, oh, those are buttons. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that, that dies up before you hide your neck. And that just about covers my nips. And, <laughs> and that's fine. Um, I got that on and I've, I I had like a, a, a green stripe. Oh, is this the one where you've got the flogger? In the picture. Not the one where no, I've got the flogger, but it was taken on that same it's, day. Yeah, I okay, yeah. I was standing in the hallway, so I had like perfect white behind me and, and like daylight coming down from above. Oh, we took some good pictures on that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I quite like that outfit because I'm not wearing very much and I quite liked how I looked, which was yeah. nice. What characters and or settings would you like to see get a video game that do not have a video game? I would love to see... I know that I talk about my comic romance way too much. I would love to see a video game set uh. in like the world of the Na 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 music video, just like neon and uh, basically taking fighting fascism. Yeah, fighting fascism and corporatism with neon lasers and rock music in the back of a beat up car. Sounds good. Yeah, I, I, I g- give me a game that's in like the the Rage Two engine or the Man Max video game engine, just covered in neon. Or I could drive around in a car and beat up all of the corporations that are doing fascism. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your favourite geometric shape and why is it the noble hexagon? 
I mean, the hexagon's pretty good. It is pretty good, but I do prefer icosahedrons. I like a triangle. They're nice and Ooh, simple. They're they just... Icosahedron, lots of triangles. I, I suppose so. Um, ooh, hypercubes. I really like hypercubes. Oh, hypercubes are great. I, I like just a simple equilateral triangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big up, big up the Tesseract, though. Uh, what plant would you be most alarmed to find out was sentient? Like, any of them? Uh, any of the ones I eat? Right, your soy. Oh, God. <laughs> um... Sweet corn, because that would be worse, because not only would you be eating a sentient thing, but it's surviving through to the other end. Oh, one of the vegan groups I mean the other day was like, scientists discovered that um, plants make like this ultrasonic scream when they're, when they're like cut or damaged. Yeah. It's like, I mean, at this point, there's nothing a vegan can comfortably eat. Yeah, you've got to you've got to draw your line where you can. I know that grass, when grass is cut, releases a chemical to warn other grass that like something We're dangerous is happening. Wrong. Like, not that the grass could do anything about it, but the grass can at least be scared in its final moments. <laughs> yay? No, not yay. <laughs> the opposite of yay. That is all of the questions. Well then, time for this. Time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. I've, uh, I've, I've been having a, having a bit of a think this week. Ooh, what have you been pondering, uh, mate? What have I been pondering? Well, yeah, I've been on social media this week a bit, as, as you do, as one does. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen a lot of people who've been... Uh, Doing their sort of all out my decades being uh, oh, posts, yeah. sort of summing up, summing up the year, summing up the decade, going like, oh, I did this, that, and the other, and here's how my life's better than it was before. And uh, yeah, yeah, I did one of those myself. Actually, I was having a bit. Initially, I was like, well, you know, not not really a lot's happened. But actually, you know, when I took the time to think about it, actually, quite a lot had happened. Yeah, not well, all of it good. I mean, obviously, I wasn't putting all the bad stuff up there. Yeah, but well, that's the thing is not. Generally, when people put these lists together, it's 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 much the way that social media is. You sort of put the good out, and you you, you keep the bad away. But yeah. sometimes you have the thing that I've had a little bit, where you look at all these people sharing their big lists of all positive things that have happened, and it can feel a little bit overwhelming. It can be a bit like, oh well, I actually had quite a quite a mixed decade. I had you know your goods and your bads, perhaps. And oh, uh, I think everyone does. Yeah, and it's uh, it can be easy to look at that and go, oh, have I not done enough with my decade? Via uh, you know. Squandered it, or am I, you know, not making any progress? And I think ultimately, uh, it's 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 important to keep that in context. That yeah, like, yeah. you know, a people are uh, you know only put the good out; they don't talk about the bad generally. In yeah, that, but yeah. on top of that, like everyone's life ebbs and flows. You know, like oh, you know, absolutely. you have you have your, your your periods where lots changes. You have your periods of time where. Uh, you know, things might be a bit more just sort of treading water. And yeah. If if you've just if all you've done this this decade is tread water and keep going, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you've survived. You've kept going. You've you've continued to to get through life, which is in and of itself a, an accomplishment. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think you know, were were we looking at a, a decade or more ago for for that, like, what am I am I thankful for in this time, yeah. or what what has changed for me? It would be a considerably shorter list, and yeah. and probably tinged with a, a lot less happiness. Yeah. But uh, you know, I I think 
it is important to you know take time occasionally, as they say, to to count your blessings yeah. because uh, I don't know like how it is for you, but certainly I can get very much stuck in the de- the, the depressed brain and only thinking, well, oh, it. yeah, oh yeah. it's awful, all the bad things that have happened. So sometimes take you know uh, like a group exercise yeah. as this is to say you know uh, you know what what essentially it's what am I thankful for what am I thankful for yeah. at this time it's, it's, uh, taking the yeah. time to just reflect on that can actually yeah. reveal maybe more than you yeah, expect more than you maybe thought about you're like oh yeah I forgot that you know it's, yeah, it's nice to catalogue the things that you might look back in your life and go oh yeah me of years ago would have would have killed for that to have happened yeah. also I think like the the younger you are, the perhaps there is less opportunity for uh, yeah, so yeah, much yeah. expansion to have happened. You know, uh, you know, someone in there sort of who has just had their like their thirties to forties might be saying one thing, and somebody who's you know who perhaps finished high school within this decade and is just taking their first steps out into yeah. you know the the job market, especially at this fucking time. Yeah. Finding like it all a bit more intimidating and 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 and, and scary yeah. and and like perhaps they are able to achieve yeah. this and I, I can understand why that might be uh, a bit of a sticking point to to ponder on and, uh, and uh, you, yeah. you you can't compare yourself to other people. Yeah, well I think that's it. Like you, it, there certainly is a benefit to taking some time to stop and you know count your blessings and try and see the positives that you have had over time. But yeah. equally, like. Don't get too hung up on comparing yourself to others, because yeah, you know everyone's life's different and moves at different paces, and you're only gonna you're only gonna upset yourself if you start going, well, I haven't done what this person's done. Yeah, you know, and and everyone everyone is on their own journey, yeah. and everyone will have uh, different opportunities come up, and a lot of opportunities in life are to do with luck. So you know, do try not to get too hung up on those things because. Everyone is achieving different things at different times, and you don't know how another person sees you. You could be absolutely inspirational to someone else who is in a different situation. And, you know, whatever you put in such a list, or what you consider might go in such a list, could be completely different and and mean a lot to, to you or to someone else. Yeah. Sure, that I would be very up for that, wouldn't we? Good hug, mate. Good hug. Shall I uh, pop the kettle on? Yeah, have a have a decaf cup of tea. Oh yeah, before we start for bed. Yeah. So, <gasps> Laura. Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? You can find me at Laura K Buzz in most of the places. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, you can find me on Patreon at Laura K Buzz. That's what pays the bills. If you can. If you can chuck me a dollar a month, or or more if you can, but as little as a dollar a month, it really adds up and makes a huge difference. Uh, other than that, you can find everything I publish at laurakbuzz.com, be it written articles, videos, or uh, podcasts. I've got some books. Uncomfortable Labels, it's about being trans and on the autism spectrum, and it's out now where books are sold, or as an audiobook from laurakbuzzstore.com. Yeah, there's things I learned from Mario's butt that is coming out 
in October 2020 for people who get it in a shop when it's released. You can get it a bit sooner if you go on Unbound and uh, put some money down for it. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, that, that'll that be happening. It's a coffee table book uh, with illustrations of silly and serious video game character butt reviews with a bunch of interesting uh, guest critics and developers that have shared things for it. Other than that, there is Pixel Squirt, which is a video game pornography review show that I do with Mari and Stacy from the Geek Remix YouTube channel. And Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, five, and six. Each season is a self-contained story. Uh, it's a real play podcast, so we play D&D while being a bit silly and then having feelings. Season three is about a bunch of people trapped in a mirror, like a, a, a magical mirror prison town with a big rainbow barrier. Season four is about overthrowing capitalism. Season five is adventures in space against colonialism. And season six is a bunch of people going and doing murder assassinations and maybe the end of the world is at stake. What about you, Jane? Me. You. Me. Um, I am Janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. I can be found as Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. I'm uh, Stoned Monkey Radio on Patreon and StonedMonkeyRadio.blog and Jane Eris Magnet on SoundCloud where you might be listening to this. I'm also on twitch.tv slash janiac and paypal.me slash janemagnet. Those are the important ones. Those pay the bills. Uh, and I want to do a thank you to the people who uh, have paid me money. Thank those people. I will thank them. I will, I will name them all next time because I haven't uh, had a proper output and I know there is a new person and I want to thank them all. Thank you all, including new person. Yeah. So, thank you very much for joining us. Laura! Yeah. Yeah. Sing us out, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. I will.